All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 101. Go. And we're back for our Black Business Series tonight, and our special guest tonight is Mr. Mark Clark himself. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so Mark's going to be joining us tonight. <laughs> Mark's going to be joining us tonight for our Black Business Series, uh, and... We're going to be all over the place because Mark has got tons and tons of history and current things that he's going through and he's working through. So let's just let's just have fun. But before we get there, fellas, what's going on? CB, how are you? Hey, guys. Um, looking forward to the show. Uh, and it's been the week's kind of flown by a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's wild. Like I, I had a pretty busy weekend. It was like one of the first weekends where I was like kind of out doing some stuff. Um, and I was like, yo, we're almost to the weekend again, which I'm not going to complain about. I feel you. E. You know, it's uh, the weather's starting to get a little warmer out here in uh, Southern California, you dig? So, oh, real uh, quick. By the way, Mark, this, this guy is living a lap of luxury in, in Cali. So. Don't, 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 okay. don't, don't. No, don't don't let don't let just the location fool you. That, that that don't mean I'm living it up. I'm still I'm still doing well the best that I can. But um, uh, weather's getting better. But you already know what that means. You know, more people outside. Uh, but at the same time, still you know trying to get the workouts in uh, every day to keep keep the mind going. And uh, you know, work is starting to ease up because uh, fortunately with the firm, uh. You know, when summertime comes, a lot of people go on vacation, so <laughs> it's not a lot going on. Are we but, still uh, masking up out there? Uh, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I am most certainly masking up. Oh, I'm just asking. You know, you never know. I'm not. I'm not that close to Cali, so I don't know. Mark, how was your week, brother? Good week. Um, you know, I um, this week I, I think the uh, as you can see, I yeah, if you've never seen it before, I am like three shades, four shades darker. <laughs> Uh, Calio knows because I've been out in the sun every weekend vending, uh, slinging tea and lemonade, a delicious <laughs> beverage. And man, it is beating me down. I am like, and 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 I and I get on the treadmill every morning. I got this treadmill message at seven fifteen, and so I'm I'm starting to get banged up. Like I got this uh, hip pointer going on, nope. and I think you know I'm, I just turned fifty five. My birthday was this week. I turned fifty five. Hey, happy hey, birthday! And, uh, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Um, and it's like, damn, I, like I, I'm gonna take it off tomorrow off the treadmill. I just got finished vending. I'm like, I'm too old to be doing all this shit. But, <laughs> but life is good. You know, life is good. I'm in a, I'm in a valley, and I'm learning so much in a valley. When you say when, when you're in a valley, it basically means you broke and you're figuring some things out because you ain't really uh, got the gig or the money you want. So I'm in a valley right now. It's been a very learning valley at 55. I didn't think I'd be in a valley at 55, but God is good. And look, I mean, we're never too old to learn, but, you know, the hustler, I mean, you know, Woo! I always like a challenge being of, of a good hustle, just hustling out there, because you never know, I mean, what you can do. Right. Unless you, you, once you, until your feet get to the fire, you're like, oh, I got to go ahead and do something. I'm a radio guy, so I sat in my fat ass behind <laughs> a microphone and got paid six figures just to sit and do this. And now at 55, <laughs> I'm out in damn uh, out in the streets hustling. <laughs> I'm out in the street, you know, and, and by myself too. It's just funny. It's like, what happened, guys? But it's like I'm learning. I'm learning. You know, I'm, and if you've ever been like in the food industry, man, with those these kitchens, these industrial kitchens in industrial parts of town where all the trucks go to die and there's oil and rats. <laughs> 
and dirt, and you just be like, okay, I, I know there's a lesson here somewhere. I know there's a lesson. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere. Uh, and, you know, if you couldn't tell Mark has been in radio, that sound quality he has compared to the rest of us right now is <laughs> ridiculous. Um, Amazing. But, yeah, look, Mark is going to be here. Uh, for the show tonight, join us for Black Business Series. Uh, before we get to that, again, fellas, uh, let's see. Let's wrap. <sighs> let's start right here. Everyone knows how. I mean, at least these other two do, Mark. How close Prince is near and dear to my heart here. So any chance I get to bring him up and talk about him, I'm going to talk about him. Yeah. So uh, this week, Prince would have been 63. And it's, it's hard to believe Prince was would have been 63. I don't mean the guy never really aged, at least in front of the camera. And just imagine where he would have been at a 63. I mean, I'm assuming been interesting how he would have maneuvered through the pandemic for sure. Because his his thing was recording and performing, right? And so we know the pandemic had slowed a lot of us down from doing any of that. So I'm assuming he probably would have came out and would at least it'd have been 10 albums done within the year, if not more. But just to think about Prince is 63. Like who who thinks about Prince getting older? You know, 63. I mean, you're on the, the end of senior citizen and and you know AARP car, all that stuff. Prince. So um we can go around, uh just get your thoughts on on Prince at 63. I mean Prince's legacy lives on in you, bro. Like it's one of those where you're going to keep making sure that no one, not that anyone could ever forget about this man, but it's, it's funny because to, to me, you're right. Like his, the image of him is like, you know, him on stage performing at the Super Bowl. like that same guy, like that's just him for forever. For me, mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine, um, you know, him being in his sixties and I, we joke about how, like whether he would have done a versus or not, probably not. Um, but it's, it would have been interesting to see. Cause I mean, the dude was, he was such a personality, such a performer that there's no way a pandemic could have held that man down. All right. All right. E? Uh, I get, you know, the, the, I guess what it comes down to is um, it's hard for us to uh, envision our legends, our icons at an older age when we don't get a chance to see them. You know, you bring up Prince. Uh, I also think of like Roger Troutman, you know, who was cut short. Um, you know, Kobe, like it, like you saying Prince at 63, like I would have never thought I would have been like Kobe at a 63, right? Like just to know like the guys that, I mean, and not to say they're too far off where we are, but as as older you know, gentlemen, if you will, or older, older people, um, it, it really kind of baffles your mind that uh, that person who you've kind of watched their whole entire life is just the way it is. So, um, there's pops. There yeah, uh, so, he's in Mark, the building. Deidre, uh, Deidre shouting you out here, Mark. Says she'll be, she's I love it. That's Deidre. Deidre, be on with me. There you go. Yep, every morning doing breakfast. Deidre does her breakfast. Um, it's so interesting, guys. Um, so are you guys in your 30s or in your, in your 40s? 30s? I, I'm knocking on 40. Okay. So I'm listening to the Luminary podcast. I don't know if you guys are on it, but the Dave Chappelle's on it. Tyler Kwali no. has a podcast no. on it. Trevor Noah no. has it, right? And they interviewed uh, Pete Rock. I, I, I might be, I think I'm locking up. Can you still hear me? Yeah, we can still hear you. So, um, but what I noticed was it's like, 
the um the it's almost like every 10 years. So so Prince, I'm 55, so Prince is 63. So almost 10 years. And and so his generation, Prince was that um, I think my generation, Prince generation, we were tied to the old way where as a musician, you knew every like he knows West Montgomery, he knows all the great players of the time, because that was what we did. When you're a musician, you studied the old guys and then you came with your own style and you added to it, right? And so then I'm 55 and that was, I think the last generation of that. And then the 44 year olds are like Pete Rock, uh, you know, Kanye, uh, Talib Kweli. So still uh, a talented artist, but not as uh not as bass in the tradition that we were you know and then man you come to 35 and so it's interesting it's like every 10 years you kind of have this thing so you're right <laughs> what you said Erich, it's hard to envision your uh your your, your heroes getting older especially mm -hmm. prince like prince looked like he was destined to be a creepy old man you know <laughs> you know you got you know a little silk suit on and some high heels and and gray hair this is, it starts to turn a little creepy and I think um, musically, um, I think Prince, in, in a lot of ways, he still had it, but he had kind of like gone on to that place that our legends kind of go, where you go, I don't have to hear a new song by you, Prince. I like to hear right. the old stuff from you, Prince. When I go to concert, in fact, I don't care about those new two twin girls dance with you, Prince. I prefer for you to do nothing compares to you on the piano solo. You know, what? so, but yeah, interesting. Right. As a huge Prince fan, definitely um, uh, he, he he's missed. But it's weird. It's almost like when they check out early, it almost matches. Like, can you imagine uh, seeing Tupac with a shock of gray in his beard? Not really. You know what I mean? Can you imagine even Kobe? Like Kobe with business suits on and stuff was like, yeah. But that wasn't the Kobe that we remember. Kobe with the wild hair, right? We remember Kobe just being youth. But so, yeah, man. I guess what do they say? Uh, age is undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, e Cornea says you just made E Rich's night by agreeing with him. <laughs> we tend not to agree with E Rich a lot. Uh, I saw that comment too of Prince with the thong. I saw him with his butt out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and thank God Prince got off that. He was on some. That was that was a little uncomfortable. You know, hairy, <laughs> hairy booty cheeks, and I, it's like, eh, I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't know. This is true. This is true. Um, so the I Am uh, Athlete podcast, uh, they had their season finale this past week or last week, and Deion Sanders was the one. And Deion brought up the conversation about how HBCUs don't go after the five-star high, star high, high school recruits for some reason. You know, he says, you know, he's trying to change the, the narrative down at, uh, is it Jackson? Yeah, Jackson State. Jackson State. He's trying to change the narrative by going after them. He's shooting a shot at everybody. But he's saying that the the narrative is if, if you go to look at any of the first-round draft picks for this past draft, if you ask any of them how many of them are offered full rides at HBCUs, most of them are probably going to tell you none. Or the majority, everybody's going to say they weren't. So do you do – you, E, you, you paint the narrative, E. Um how do you feel about, do you think this is a true statement or do you think that, you know, they do go after them and it's just that most, most of the, most of those five star recruits, they all want to go after, they all want to go to the top tier schools to play in bowl games. 
well, this is a conversation that's been had for eons, right? Where you've had the inner city produces the, the top athletes. Um, and then we, 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 we boast about the HBCU, but it's the, what can you do for me because of my situation, right? Or because of where I'm at, uh, I, I need to get exposure so that I can get this, which is in the long run, like Pop said, the money, right? Um, the narrative has started to shift recently with Dion bringing it into the fold, but but ultimately with us seeing that the players move the dime because they have the power based upon how, if they align right, we've always talked that it was never just one player. It was, could you imagine the Fab Five because they got together to say they was going to Michigan? But could you imagine they got together and said, we're going to Howard or we're going to Morgan or, we're, you know, shout out to Morgan. That's the only why I had to say that school. But you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and then you have a powerhouse that then has to get televised. No different from what they're doing now with the um, with the high school kids. Right. You got Bronny and, and, and D-Way's son. They teamed up. You know, you had, uh, I think, Kenyon Martin's son. So now, you know, Scotty Pippen's son, they go to that school, even though that school before that had a couple of people on there really kind of not looking at it. But what it comes down to is, and I love his analogy, his analogy said this was, he said, if you look at it, if you see a girl and she looks good, you're going to go shoot your shot. That's the only way you're going to know if you're going to get that, if you're going to get that right. So it's like, even if they tell you, no, the fact of the matter is if you're not out there trying to shoot your shot at these kids that are out there doing the combines and doing this, um, you know, how do you know what, what they're going to do? And then, you know, Dion even said, if it's up to me, they're going to see me and what I did in my career that I can bring this to you. And this is how we're going to get it done. The last part of it, though, because it was such a long, a long, um, you know, episode, which it was good. Though, he also made the, the comment because they asked him, can your can your players be can they can they hang with the top five? Can they go to Alabama and hang with them? And he was like. We're not there yet, he said, but I got some dogs at corners. I got a dog at a safety. He said, I got and, – and then he made the analysis, which this is what I really want to get to. Name the last Alabama quarterback that's been in the league that's really thrived. Name the last Ohio State quarterback. So you get all this recognition of the high school kid that's going to this top-rated school but then gets to the league and then wherever else. You know, they'll go, you know, look at um, – some kid from North Dakota state, but they're not going to, you know, Norfolk state, you know what I'm saying? To go look at a quarterback that's pulling the same numbers or that could. Um, and then the combine, invite them to the combine because now it's one-on-one, right? It's their own personal best at what they do at that position compared to what everybody else is that's coming from those other schools. So. Um, I think the, um, the thing, the only thing, well, I know I love what Dion's doing, right? He, by just coming to the HBCU and now with Eddie George and his talk that Ray Lewis might, you know, this is going to change the game, right? But, you know, let's keep it real. Now, first of all, nobody got drafted from HBCUs this year um, when HBCUs used to draft all the time. You know, Jerry Rice, uh, Steve McNair, Jack. I mean, uh, Jackie Slater. I mean, it was, a you know, especially linemen, like, you know, Grambling linemen, that was a whole big thing. So what's up? Like, what happened? Um, number one. Number two, I think, like, Dion, it's going to take time because let's keep it real. HBCUs have to 
raise the level of everything to compete. I worked at Howard University and that weight room had some Nautilus equipment in there. I was 19 years old when Nautilus came out. <laughs> when the Nautilus training system came out, I was alive and well. I met the guy. I met the guy from Florida. I can't think of his name. He was 65 years old back then. You know, do this real slow and it's going to build your muscle. It was a, it was, it was a joke. Um, so when you're, and it's funny, a lot of the HBCUs, what people don't understand is a lot of upper middle class kids go to HBCUs. And so a lot of these kids that go to HBCUs, they are also recruited by uh, D1 schools academically and athletically. So when you go to damn Nebraska, their gym is like five city blocks wide. And then you go to HBCU and you have options. It's tough. Now, inner city kids, like you said, inner city kids, it's a different animal. Now we're talking about money. You know, the like, 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 like you said, you rich. The elephant in the room is people getting paid, baby. Absolutely, they getting paid, and all that BS they be talking about, they get paid. Zion got paid. Everybody's getting paid, and so now we're talking about changing somebody's life. And yes, it'd be great if we all got together and we made this big move for HBCUs. And I'm a big, H, I'm a big HBCU supporter. My kids go to HBCUs. I'm down with HBCUs. But we're talking about business. If you're broke and you can change your your, your family's life then it's almost like a mood argument. Dion's playing politics, which is smart. He's He's got a lot of power. Yeah, Dion Sanders comes to your house. That changes everything. He's a recruit. You know, Dion yep. Sanders, yeah, he can tell you how to get to be the pros, and that's going to change everything. Eddie George the same way. So it's coming, but there's there's still some things, you know, that have to happen before it's like that. And then, like you just say, that a lot of the kids who are famous, who have rich parents, they're going to HBCUs because they can afford it. Shaq's son could go because whatever happens, he's going to get a look. You know, he's yep. going to get a look. You know, and even even upper middle class kids, whatever happens, they're going to get a look. If your kid can play quarterback and you, you can pay to pay trainers and stuff, it's different than, you know, a brother from the hood ain't got no options. You got to take the money. Yep. Or sister. I guess not, <laughs> not a lot of money for the, the girl athletes. I don't have that much money, though. <laughs> not yet. I I agree with all a lot of that. You know, like it, a lot of it really, I think, nowadays comes down to the money aspect of it. And Dion is the perfect dude to be, you know, driving this this, uh, you know, this bandwagon because he he does have pull out of anyone at an HBCU, you know, Dion is he's he stands out right like he's different from any of the other coaches that are going to be you know walking into someone's living room and you know talking to your parents and all that kind of thing so he's the perfect one to be you know trying to spotlight it um and we do know that the disconnect nowadays between you know where schools like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and those guys are compared to the HBCUs all of it has to do with money and you're right Mark is exactly right. You go, you have an option of going to like a gym with all the most advanced equipment, training facility, uh, access to like some of the best medical professionals and all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, uh, it looks like the Gold's Gym down the street, um, you know, that's been there for 40 years. So uh, it there are some of those things that, that play into it. But I think that Dion's the perfect guy to yeah. be trying to actually get some, some spotlight out here and try, may, maybe help sway some of those, those kids' decisions. I think in football, it's more difficult 
But in basketball, I think that it's that's one of those sports because one player can make such a big difference where if you had a lot more of the recruits in basketball going to the HBCUs, uh, you know, that might actually be the college sport that you could actually get an impact faster, I would say, than you would from uh, the football side of it just because of the scope. Uh, Pop said that, you know, depends on who's recruiting them. Dion ain't competing with Saban. And and I agree with that. I mean, Saban's got the, the proven, you know, national, you know, title uh, record. But then I think Dion, by being you're probably talking about one of the, the greatest athletes to ever play. I mean, talking about two sports. This guy played two two professional sports. Um, Hall of Fame for one. And I, I don't know if he could get in the, the baseball Hall of Fame, but he was he was good at baseball, too. Um, and I think. People that that may be more relatable at, at some point than yeah Nick Saban's gonna come to your house but Dion is I mean this guy he was a cowboy he was a 49er he I mean played for the Washington football team for a second he was a Raven I mean he was a Falcon so th- this guy and he seems very personable he seems like he can yeah he's more he he's more in tune with the athlete than Saban yeah. is stacking the squad so it's. So I was going to say with that, my bad, Mark, for cutting you off. So with that, and I, I feel like because like, and we're, we got to stay on the line of football, even though you want to kind of bring the basketball side of this in the house, right? Like in, into play um, for basketball, right? Which, you know, I, I played the sport. Um, it was hard for me to listen to a short, stubby, fat guy that probably never played the sport to tell me the ins and outs, the X's and O's of Jared the difference. Crouch? The difference from you, <laughs> the difference from you, you know, putting together plays on a on a clipboard, telling me how to execute, do this and that. When you know the difference from the coaches that have been out there, you know, so you get like the Jason Kids, the the Brian Shaw's, the 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 Steve Nash, who clearly has never coached, but as a player being in certain situations and playing at a high level, it doesn't always mean that you can coach because I feel like there's some coaches that just, they, 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 that's all they can do. Right. They probably never played the sport, but they have some intangibles that definitely teach you certain sides of the game that have to be coached to you, but not that, you know, that you, that you can't learn just from playing the game. So I, so saying that Dion can't hang with Nick Saban, which is true, but what's to say that you don't get a, uh, uh, a, a a certain coach to go out to an HBCU, which, you know, I've had a, you know, unfortunately Morgan brought, and I can't remember the guy's name that, like I said, he played in the NBA and he went to the HBCU, but just because you played the game and you, it doesn't mean that you can now bring that back to, you know, the, the sport or the team that you have. Cause you, then it comes to, to recruiting, right? The, the, the dogs that, that Dion says, he says, I got dogs. He said, I know who's a dog compared to somebody who's just playing the sport. You know what I mean? Who likes to play it or who's good at it? Because a lot of us are good at at sports. But the dog that I can put up against anybody from another sport, that's what I think what he's really getting at to say, let me start bringing them. Let's start bringing those into the HBCUs that then start to change the position that they're going from. And like you said, with Dion being a corner who changed the position in the NFL that's where the dime is then starting to, is going to start tilting. But go ahead, Mark. What was you? What were we going to say? No, first of all, shout out to, to my man. Eric said non sequitur. Go ahead, Eric. With the he gets the word. He gets the word of the day. The non sequitur <laughs> on the. Um, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, but but here, here but, but what you said, e, e Rich is absolutely right, and this is what the system's afraid of. Like what LeBron did with his agent changed the game. Why? Because you have young black athletes who vibe with young black uh, recruits, recruiters. So uh, though the football one is an uphill battle, like you, I forgot who said it earlier. I think CB, you said it too. Dion is the perfect person. Why? He's a, he's a marketing genius and his, his stats say it all. He's not afraid. He's he, he's relating to see these kids. I, I'm from the generation where you got a Jewish agent because the Jewish agents could get you the most. Uh, LeBron's LeBron's thing worked because if you're the very best, if you're number one, then you can negotiate easily. You can say, well, who got how much did the number one get last year? OK, we want that. You know what I mean? But and so. When you're talking about like when you come into it, when you're coming into it and you're you're trying to be competitive, um, so what happened uh, with with uh, LeBron was it changed the game because now you got all these black young agents coming in the game because uh, the basketball players want young black agents. So then Jay Z got in the game because the white agencies said, okay, we need to get a black guy who represents to connect with these yep. kids because the old model doesn't work anymore. So Dion's kind of pushing the envelope as we look at the football and it is going to take time, but you're absolutely right. Nick Saban is, is you know, relevant now, but he won't be. There'll come a time when somebody else comes in that, when they come in and they start talking to you, even Dion, you know, two years from now, after he's got, he's getting the money for the, for Jackson state, he's getting the notoriety. He's starting to convince other NFL players to be coaches. It's, 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 and so don't, don't, don't think the industry's not looking at this and, and shaking in their boots because um, this is another part of, the changes that are happening to the old system and it's going to happen in time. Yep. Yep. I said that like I was preaching. I'm sorry. I, I'm no. sorry. I haven't, I haven't been on the radio in a while. I'm over talking to everybody. No, you're good. Hey, yeah, you're great. So look, if you just join us, we got Mark Clark joining us for our black business series tonight. And we're super excited to have Mark. Uh, so I'm going to lead off uh, first round of questions. And I want to talk about this. What is reinventing Mark Clark? Well, reinventing Mark Clark started in November, right? Um, I have, you know, I'm the Luther Vandross of losing weight. Big Mark, little Mark. Big Mark, little Mark. Lost 40, gain 80. Lost 80, gain 100. You know, I was. <laughs> and so um, in November, um, November of, of last year, I started. This is going to be yet another uh, journey, uh, but this time I wanted it to be like an overall journey: health, wealth, you know, consciousness. And so I got started getting on the treadmill every morning at seven fifteen, and started, you know, did a group, a reinventing group, and really was about living your best life, being your best self, uh, going for it. And so in the process, uh, I, I got weight loss surgery in April. I'm down like fifty five pounds. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, delicious beverage is a, is a business that my, my friend created and I've been kind of pushing that I've done three children's books. Um, you know, I've just really just trying to push myself to, you know, live my best life. And I said, I'm in the Valley in that, uh, I don't have a, a normal nine to five check, which is always nice. And so that, like you said, Kaleo, that hustle check is different. That, 
that hustle check hits different. So much more. I mean, so it, much more. It doesn't hit as hard. It, it, it hit. It all. Sometimes it ricochets off. It don't seem like I was just. You know, like I remember the days when I was working the radio that I got. You know, fifteen hundred dollars just to stand and say, "Hey, what's going on?" And now, you know, I was slinging. Look, you know, slinging Kool Aid. If I get five dollars, five hundred dollars, I'm like, "Yo, what a day!" Um, but 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 in the valley, though, you learn so much. So the great part was this group, this reinventing group that joins me at seven fifteen every morning. We have really turned into this great group. It's about we're about eighty strong now, but in the morning, it's about consistently twenty five, sometimes thirty, and we really have gotten close. And then you know, because we couldn't get out, we used to have happy hours, which we would just be talking like we're doing right now. And it really just became a it's a great outlet and just a new, um, you know, a new thing to do and, and and really plug into and really talk about the power of connecting uh, in this virtual world we live in. And and we've had, you know, November's a long time, so people tragedies, injuries, deaths, uh, you know, joy. Uh, it's just a, it's been a real great experience. Nice. Can you hear me? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take lead. Um, Mark, going through, I was going through the the reinventing Mark Clark website, and one of the things that really stood out to me was you guys had um, a couple of different counters on there, and the one that stood out the most was it said the number of times that we've fallen down and gotten back up. Mm. Um, could you just dive into that a little bit and what what that means? Yeah, I, I think that's the piece. Um, you know, again, at fifty five, uh, you know, you know, I think when the blessing of having had success after you've fallen down is that, or when you're in the valley, is that you know, you know that you're gonna come back up. You know you're gonna stand back up. I think a lot of people have fallen and haven't gotten back up, or they have never experienced success. You know, I just do a, a couple of quick things for me. So, first of all, I'm married to an amazing woman, Allison Seymour a news anchor in the market for over 20 years. So unlike a lot of people, my backbone, I got somebody who's yeah. paying the bills. So as I, as I go through my struggles, we still going on vacation. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, but let me say, let me say again. So first thing you got to be careful who you let in your life and who you select in your life. You know, people be out here just picking people to be in your life, friends, associates, husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, you got to be smart. You got to be, you got to, you got to, you know, is this person going to build with you or is this person going to tear you down? A lot of us have people, family members, people we put in our lives to tear us down. Uh, so that's number one. Number two. Uh, so, yeah. So like when I say ups and downs, for instance, you know, so in, uh, you know, 2000, uh, got married in 2000, 2008, I was making over $300,000. I lost that job. And you know, I haven't returned to that kind of money since, but Allison has been there through the ups and downs. You know, I walked away from a six figure job in New York to come take care of my father-in-law uh, who had, who had, uh, you know, I became his caregiver. And, and when he passed away, I got a call from WHUR and me and Allison did afternoons on WHUR in the same city I worked in after walking away from a job. You know what I mean? So these things have happened so many times that I know that the recovery is there. So you just have to always get back up. And I think, uh, again, sometimes we get so broken, it's hard for us to get back up. But what you going to do? One of my favorite uh, lines that uh, Richard Pryor says about Jim Brown, you know, super, Superman Jim Brown, is that when he burned himself up in the hospital and Jim yep. Brown comes in there 
and he's like he's all wrapped in he's all wrapped in you know the uh the burn stuff and he's like what you gonna do now rich and it's classic, like classic. right that's and that's what life is no matter what how bad it is the question is what are you gonna do i mean you're either gonna die or you're gonna do something and i think that's what life really is and what i've also learned is that worst day, that worst moment, that worst whatever. And I've lost both parents and I lost friends. So I got that. But if you just give yourself another day, usually you could get it together. You know, that day you feel like this is it. If you give yourself one more day, you can get it together. CB's like, damn, that was a three hour answer. Nah, no, that was deep. That was, that was a great answer. <laughs> that was a, you said some powerful stuff there, Mark. That was awesome. That was awesome. What, what, uh, my question is what, when did you know, or what was the shift that, that made you like what was what was shook that say it was time for a change like what was it i think the um i think when it came to me and um i think my life like weight loss i think everything like i think i've been very fortunate in that as a big guy i never felt you know, I was always I was always working out, always in shape. So it almost works against you. You know how you you gain weight. Like I look look up one day and you're 372 pounds. You know what I'm saying? What? I mean, it's like how does that even happen? Like, you know, like I said, when I was in New York, I just came off of a juice fast. And let's say when I went to New York, let's see, let's say two and a half years ago, I just came off of a juice fast. I was around two. Let's say I was around 265, right? And in those three years, I varied between 265 and 340, right? So then when I came home, I was in the 300s. Then my, when my, my father-in-law passed away, I was up to like, I gained, and my mother passed the same year. I gained a 40 pounds. So I was around 370. And I was just like, dude. But, but I, I, what I started off saying was, I never felt like bad or sluggish. I was still working out. I was still, I could still sprint. You know what I mean? I was big as hell, but... <laughs> <laughs> and and even when I started on the treadmill back then, you know, I was doing 30 minutes, 25 minutes, you know, 272. Uh, and I so so being a big guy, I didn't feel bad. I don't know, I got a beautiful wife, you know, I'm active. So it kind of crept up on me, but this is exactly the story, right? You and then you Mar oh, you hear about Mark Clark, yeah, he fell out. He fell out and and yeah, you know he was 400 pounds. It's like, what? And so it, I think um also being unemployed. When you're sitting at home and your wife is working, you'd be like, I can get my fat ass up. I can't just be walking around, you know, because one day she could just come home and just be like, Ugh, or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, one day, I mean, you, you can only push so far. I mean, I mean, right. come on. Right. And so, yeah. And, and, and then also just trying to figure it out to uh, financially, you know, uh, working for someone versus having your own business and. And 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 now I was tired also with the radio thing. You work for somebody in a company that lets you go, and you're just out there. You know, I was like, I'm I'm not I I don't want to be do that anymore. I don't want I want to be able to control my own fate. You know. Right. Now, granted, if a six figure job is waiting, I will take the gig though until uh, I can control my own fate. <laughs> there we go. Um. So I, I followed your 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 movement for a while. Um. Because one. Like I used to, radio interests me. Well, in radio, being in front of the camera, you know, just that that type of uh, lifestyle interests me. Just to know, like your, your daily rigmarole, everything that you have to do. But then, you know, I've I've seen you like you go to Facebook Live every now and then, and you you tell about your struggles. Like I know a while back you started 
uh, a weight loss journey, and then you admitted that you slipped. Mm-hmm. You said it was middle of the night. You went to McDonald's, <laughs> but you were you were real. Like I mean, that's you know that you, you had to bet you peeled the band aid back, and this is real. You know, we're not gonna act in front of the camera like I'm doing a hundred percent everything I'm supposed to be doing. And when the cameras cut off, oh no, I'm, I'm you know I'm smoking and drinking. I'm like a Chick Fil A uh, employee. I'm giving you everything you need when you're in the store. But then when I go home, I'm the worst person in, in America because I don't know where they find these Chick Fil A employees at. First of all, but um. I just want to say that, you know, I find, you know, just your movement very real. And so how did you, what, what was the process of deciding, you know what, I'm going to go for the surgery. I'm going, this is the way I'm going to do it. And this is, and I'm, I'm locked in on, on this, this particular uh, way. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a struggle because I know what to do. You know, what I realized when I started following a lot of the people with the weight loss surgery, a lot of people have been obese their whole life. They really don't know what to do. And even people, even the average person doesn't really understand. Like the average person thinks I'm gonna go to Whole Foods. That's all good, healthy food. It's not. You know what I mean? It's like the average person just doesn't know, you know? And so then I know though. And so like I said, I did a 70 day juice fast. I've I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I love working out. I, I, you know, I study it, but okay. So the question then became, you know, what's up, man? If you know this information, why can't you consistently apply it to your life? I did. I've done it. I did it time and time again. And so a couple of my friends who are trainers, I didn't tell them because I know they're going to say exactly what I just said. Why, you know, what are you doing? And my friend Stan, he just called. He said, I saw you on Instagram, man. Are you going to tell nobody? And uh, I said, no, because I figured I'm I'm going to be 55. Whatever I'm doing ain't working. Now, this uh, sleeve thing is not magic. I, that's one thing I, I think a lot of people get twisted. And now that I'm in it, I definitely understand what happens when people gain their weight back. This is what happened. Number one, I did the sleeve. I did the gastric sleeve surgery, uh, uh, gastric sleeve, where they take two thirds of your stomach. Right. So in the first nine weeks, especially the first part, like the first five weeks, it's very uncomfortable. You can, you know, you very, you can eat very, your stomach's only two and three ounces. Okay. So your, your stomach is now three ounces. So if you're eating two ounces, you know what I'm saying? So you can, and that's water too. You can't drink and eat at the same time. You have to drink a drink after you eat like 30 minutes or an hour. So that first, that first five weeks, it's like, yo, you know, you like, you take a bite, you chew, wait a couple minutes, take a bite and chew, wait a couple minutes. Then, so I'm week seven now. Now week seven, you start, you can start to eat more. You know what I'm saying? Now this is where, and I, you know what I'm saying? So at first it's great because you kind of like have to, it snaps you out of your rhythm of what you've been doing. And now you're focused because your stomach's this big. But then set week seven through nine, you go, you add your foods, but now you got to be disciplined. So you basically going to be on a 1500 calorie diet for the rest of your life. If you want to lose weight, you know, come down, whatever. A lot of people, they initially lose weight, but then your bad habits come because you don't have that physical feeling. You know, you get that physical feeling and you got that, that uh, feel like you're stuffed and kind of uncomfortable it makes you be like, oh, I'm good. But then when it goes away, you got to you gotta be disciplined. So, yes, I could have done the same thing without getting the surgery and just ate 1,500, 1500 calories. But this ends up being almost the journey makes you, uh, for me, I think I needed it to kind of like put me in that place. You know what I mean? 
And so I'm happy with the decision. Some people aren't. No, some people aren't happy. They, they they get upset about it. Or some people, I think their expectation is this is a magical. So then after nine weeks, imagine you can eat you can eat like you used to, but you could blow your stomach up. <laughs> so you best not eat like you used to. But some people, I see on the weight loss things, they'll be like, I'm going to get a revision. It's like, no, you got to change your mindset. It's your mind. It's not your body. It's, it, you know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a trick. It's like, you got, you just can't eat. And so, yeah, that's what it is. And so it's, I, I don't regret it, but I, I understand how people can, you know, you'll slide back into your yeah. thing. Cause I'm, I look around, I'm like, wow, I don't drink coffee anymore. Wow. My blood pressure is on one. My blood pressure today was 99 over 63. You know what I mean? You know, my, I went to the eye doctor. My, uh, you know, my eye pressure dropped down into the normal range. You're just like, wow, you know, so I'm going to mess around here and live, you know. Right. <laughs> Mark, what are some of the um, outside of like the, 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 the literal physical um, reinforcement that uh, the surgery kind of gives you? But what are some of the other things that um, you've kind of picked up? along the way that are helping you stay motivated, um, helping you stick with everything. Um, talk about like, you know, support group, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, the reinvention group is, is really, we are leaning on each other, you know, like we lean on each other heavy. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it, it's turned into a really, you know, it really has turned into a support group. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's been great. Um, also people, you know, guys, like I said, I'm so blessed because I've always had people this, this cheering me on. And like I said, Kaleo, I've done this up and down so many times. Some people would even be embarrassed. You know, they'd be like, okay, here we go, Mark. Like if you look at my, if you look at my <laughs> Instagram, if you go down like two or four years ago, there's Mark working out, you know, <laughs> you can always say, you can see the weight gain. It's like, there's Mark with a piece of cake. It's like, but, but the people have always just been so supportive, man. And it's weird. It's like, and, and I guess it's because I'm also a supportive guy. You know what I mean? I'm a supportive person. I'm a, I'm a person who cares. Because the crazy part is when somebody, you know, you guys, you do this live stuff. When somebody comes in with crazy energy, it's so odd that other people react. Like, you know, we're, we're doing our thing in the morning. When somebody comes in, you know, people come in and be like, you know, you know, trolling. And it's just so weird. The people, we're not used to it because it's, it's never, we don't really get trolls like that. It's almost mm -hmm. like the trolls are like, ah, never mind. But yeah, the support <laughs> is meant. And then my family, super supportive. Um, you know, again, my wife, man, again, picked the man. Thank God I didn't pick that chicken head. No, I'm joking. Um, no, the wife, my wife is amazing, you know, and, and, and to be honest, as a caregiver for her parents, you know, I mean, you, that's, that's it. It's like, one of the things I always say is the reason my wife loves me with all my scars and stripes and uh, no longer making that great money was the way she loved her father and believed in him. And that's rare. You know, I know I didn't, my dad wasn't around. Very few people have that. And I think that's a big factor. Uh, when you talk about relationships, when you have people who have, who happen to have parents that they believe in, when I lost that $300,000 job, my wife was like, it's okay. We can, we can rock, we can keep, let's keep it rocking. Whereas a lot of people are like, what? <laughs> Including my mom. <laughs> but you know, my mom would be like, is everything okay? Yes, mom, it's okay. Damn. 
<laughs> they hired at the post office, baby. You know, it's like classic mom stuff. Right. She always gonna be worried about her baby, right? That's a, that's a, what that's what they say. They don't matter no matter what you go through. They always worried about you. But um I'm I'm gonna pivot a little bit off of this, right? Off of that the, the reinventing part of it. And I'm gonna go to the business side. Um I'm I'm that guy. I'm 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 pro Black Wall Street since <laughs> Ah, oh, man, since so long ago, Cleo can tell you, uh, I've been screaming that since, uh, man, since probably like 99, 2000, uh, when I was down in, um, I went to school down in Prairie View A&M in Texas uh. and, and, and read about it and actually learned the actual history into it. But, you know, as far as your your business acumen and, and the things that you, you know, um, that you acquire and, and also that you strive for, um, what is it that you, you know, see that we as a or as the black community the the shift that's starting to happen as far as you know creating more of our own whether it's our own products our own jobs and then what's the next step so like when we had um the juice you know uh the the, the tea a uh, couple Ow. Were, you know Ow. Ow. you know yeah. talking talking about the you know the uh the warehouse where they you know they bottle their own stuff like because yeah. like i feel like that's the next move right because it's always going to be we can we can create but then when are we going to get to the point where we maintain when when it's ours yeah that i just wanted to i don't know if you knew this i just found this one out speaking of black wall street uh with all the focus on it and i saw a thing on youtube the other day it said you know to understand black wall street you got you have to understand the trail of tears i hadn't seen that headline before you familiar with that thing and so the, yep. the indians had slaves and so yep. um and and you talk about they talked about the land piece and talked about how you know the land that was the that was the building block of black wall street so yeah so yeah and when it comes to um black wall street when you when it comes to business and black people in america i think black wall street and, and this is where I am when it comes to this whole thing now, you know, um, you know, it's not by accident, you know, and the system, you know, and it's funny how people poo poo the system, but the system is set up to create the discord, you know, and so it's not about individuals, black, whites, whatever, fighting each other. It's the system that has created this thing. And so, like you said, <laughs> Now, I think the good news about the generation. So in other words, I'm 55. The good thing about the rap generation is that, you know, when we were coming out, it was about it was being a buppy, you know, uh, upward mobile, black, blah, blah, blah. So you wanted to have a BMW. You want to work, um, you know, you want to work in corporate America. And so what did our generation uh, what happened? Well, when you got to be 40 years old, the white guy that came in with you was now your boss. You were stuck. Because you were making six figures, you had great benefits, you were invested in the company, you weren't entrepreneurial, so you're afraid to leave, you got a family, and so you were stuck at the glass ceiling in corporate America, and so you had to ride it out, right? And so then comes, with the generation of hip-hop, this entrepreneurial spirit. And this entrepreneurial spirit says, I don't want to work for anybody, I want my own. And so, like you said, Rich, that's what we're seeing. You're seeing the whole generation, we buy black. We had we, a partner of mine. Uh, when I was in New York, uh, Morgan, um, Morgan and I had a company called um, Archer and Pine. And you can imagine it was going to be a black, like a, a black um, Amazon. And we had about, we had about 40, we called artisans and we got hacked. 
You know, we got hacked first by a hacker, then we got hacked by the Russians. And Archer and Pine paying homage to Black Wall Street, Greenwood, Archer and Pine. It would have been crazy. You know, so so some of my friends are like, yo, can you imagine how well? And so like the sister, the sister that had the tampon products that was on Target, she was one of our, she was on our platform. Um, Frank Ocean's mom, who has a suntan, uh, a suntan, she was on the platform. But so when, um, you know, when when you start getting into that field, it can get dangerous. It, it's, it's interesting. It's 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 it. The system ain't joking. Ain't playing. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds very. It sounds like a conspiracy. But no, I think you see more and more people, black people, doing it again. Albert and Fanny. You know, Albert's my childhood friend. Um, a brilliant, brilliant guy. And what they're doing is where it's going. And I just think it's gonna keep. It's gonna keep happening. Uh, but it's also again, um, there are forces out there that. Are, are uh it's it's just very interesting you know it's, it's like it, like we buy black has already established we buy black starts manufacturing and starts taking small the businesses that are there and saying that we're going to manufacture that's a whole revolution but then like you said when you start doing that that's when the waters get kind of murky you know because all of a sudden things one thing that i'll never forget it's conspiracy theory but i'll never forget so when I used to tell people about Archer and Pine in uh, in Baltimore, right? I used to tell people about it. They would be like, "Oh, this sounds like a uh, this sounds like a program this brother was doing." And this brother was doing a program where you do auto ship, right? You, he was having people, you know, auto ship products, so you get people signed up. And so I'm looking at I'm on YouTube and I'm looking at um, Dick Gregory, you know, Dick Gregory's his rant, and the headline was the guy's name. They kept coming up. It came up like three times. The guy's name and the uh, DC sniper, right? I was like, what is Dick Gregory talking about? Oh, so one time I was talking about it and the name came up again and they go, man, too bad he got killed by the sniper. <laughs> I was like, that's weird. And so then I'm listening to the Dick Gregory thing. Dick Gregory says the guy, the so... Um, the guy got killed by the sniper. The sniper, John Muhammad, and Chief Moose were both in the same National Guard unit in Oregon. <laughs> so Chief wow. Moose, who was over the sniper case, yep. knew him personally and was in the National Guard in Oregon with him. Jeez. Gregory said the guy that got sniped the people kept saying reminded of had just got a hundred thousand uh, hundred like a, a huge uh, bridge loan to promote what he was doing. Wow. Now wow. that's all weird and controversial, but you just be like, how did the media not never mention that John Muhammad at and Moose were connected at, at all? And what made me think about it was when they started to, you know, when the young guy who's serving time, when he came up in the news and they were trying to lighten his sentence. And I was like, they never try to lighten anybody's sentence. They never care. You know, why, why, why do they care about this kid when they don't ever care about anybody? Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, we got we have a question in the comment section for you. Uh, embarrassment is what keep a couple of my friends from being successful with that surgery. If you don't have a supportive partner, what do you suggest? Yeah, you. it's such, it, it's like, it's, it's your life. You, you can't, it's bigger than, like you said, it's bigger than embarrassment. You have to, um, you have to, you know, 
what can I say? I mean, you did the ultimate sacrifice. And in some ways, like right now, to be honest, I would feel hypocritical if I did not lose weight <laughs> and come all the way down. You know what I'm saying? Right. It would be like, wait a minute. <laughs> As, you know, like I, today I had I had Chick-fil-A today. But the difference between me now is I have four chick I had four nuggets, you know, <laughs> and, right. a, and one fry. You know, I was like, damn. I and I threw the rest away. I had, you know, I had the, because it's like you if because if not, you're just gonna go back to your old habits. The old habit was Coke, 12 nuggets, fries, mm. and some dessert. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um so you mentioned you mentioned Allison, and you guys are doing a have started a, I guess a, a podcast, a weekly podcast on recapping the week. Um, I've chimed in a few times to watch; very good so far. Um, looking to see what you got in store. So tell us how how this came to be, whose idea, and how, how are you going to stay? You got a lot of things going on. How are you going to stay on top of of this? I know, Kayla. You you're right. I, all this stuff. Here was the, you know the reality. The reality was, Allison has a billion followers. <laughs> And as you can see, brother's trying. I've been doing all this stuff, trying to get her to do, you know, do something with me. It's like Allison doesn't understand. Well, she, I don't say she doesn't understand. But when you when you are the number one ranked social media person in a market, there's so much money, money just waiting out there. Yeah. And my wife, you know, a book. Uh, some earrings, you know, just a product. And so she would always, you know, be frustrated when I would be like, I mean, you know, let's do, you know what I mean? Yep. You, 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 you can only ask so much. So you get, you just get tired. And so finally, after we were doing, you know, we do the, we do a internet radio station, uh, inter, internet radio show, right, on 100 Pop and RB FM. And she was like, what if we did something on YouTube? What? <laughs> yeah. Really? That's a great, that's a great what idea. What an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. So I'm like, but the funniest thing is it's slow. Like you said, Kayla, it's slow. It's, you know, we got like 300, 300 subscribers because you know, we're not uh, we're not really mar super banging it out, marketing it like we should. You know, her TV responsibilities, you know, there's always that fine line. You know, you're a TV news anchor. You can't really go too crazy on the promotions of stuff. And I'm always mm -hmm. super sensitive. So I kind of like lay back. But it's just so much. She said, like, why don't you do it? Well, because nobody's following me. <laughs> I mean, I got little numbers. You know what I'm saying? I got little numbers. And Allison got 80,000 followers. I got 11,000. You know, the Mark Clark cologne is just not as popular as a damn Allison Seymour pair of earrings. Right. But it's, it's fun. She, as you can see, she's fun. I think people, they already know Allison really, I mean, just to be in. She's fun. She's funny. She's really funny. Uh, we really like each other. And so. You know, I think in time, you know, but I think, yeah, I think Allison's very conscious of that whole, like, you know, and and she left, a, she left a shop that was very restrictive and very, I can't comment, but you know what I'm saying? This one is not, they're more cool, you know, yeah. 
And but she still has that mentality. Like, is this okay? It's like branding. Okay. Branding is everything for sure. Uh, and I, and I think that it, it's a good look to see a little more scaled down version of what you get on the news every day, or you mm-hmm. get to see the the personable side of, you know, this is my wife, this is my husband, and you know we're gonna conquer or we're gonna attack, you know, a brand together. This is this is us. And, right. and I think if it looks good or it feels good just to see that you don't get a lot of one, first of all, let's be honest, you don't get a lot of positive black couples in anything. Not since, <laughs> not since Cosby show, maybe Martin. Right. And Martin had their <laughs> own issues, too. Right. But, you know, you, you get that that image. And with social media now, like come on, 20 years ago, 30 years ago before internet was even a thing like can you imagine like you had to get on the phone book to to find somebody's number or to reach out to somebody now you have a press of a button on your phone your computer and you can talk you're talking to somebody across the world and they're buying into who you are yeah it's amazing the times that we're at right now but i think the energy is good and it's always good to see like amazing black representation and you you can do you think um do we should you just keep it simple and it just be us talking about stuff or do you think more production value adds to you know a pro does it make it better you know what i mean like we're, we're basically doing a weekly review we're saying this mm-hmm. but really just a chance to interact you know what do you guys think makes it uh would make it better or make it kind of more and do you like it live versus it being released at six o'clock uh you have a fact you know <laughs> Live gives you the the feel of interaction. So if mm-hmm. I want to talk to Mark Clark, or if I feel like I can pose a question to Allison Seymour, and she might see it and respond to it, you know, I, I think that that's the. I mean, you see our comment section. Yeah. You know, I think the interaction is amazing. But if you have a great product, then you can you can record something, put it out, then you're gonna have the the viewers regardless. That's fine. But I, I just think the the realness. If you if you give people who you are, that's and that's what we've learned along the way. It took a while to find the identity of how, what kind of, there's a million podcasts out here. We know that, right? Right. How do you stand out? Okay, what can you do? So we're like, let's do this black business series. We got stuck in the house during the pandemic and we need to figure out well, what lane are we going to attack? Because at this point, everybody's going to do a podcast because everybody's stuck in the house. So, <laughs> right. well, let's, let's, let's attack black businesses, you know, businesses that might struggle during this whole movement because they're not getting a spotlight and, re- and revenue is not being generated or pumped into their businesses. And what we found out was the complete opposite. Like a lot, ninety-five percent of the businesses we've had on, people are thriving. Yeah, it's know, weird. It's the hustle. It's the hustle, right? It, you got. I mean, and, and being, I'm assuming a black business, you got to learn. You got to know the hustle before, because everything is just not going to be handed. We're not going to get. Oh yeah, you're approved for a hundred thousand dollar loan to go start a food truck or start this. You got to know the hustle, right? Well, that's what that's the beauty. I was just thinking, like with without you know Albert and Fanny. I don't know how real they got with you guys, but so they lived off of it for two years, like lived yep. off the of straight up uh, and they came here for H street festival. And I was just passing out samples and my ass wanted to sit down, but I couldn't <laughs> sit down because their asses was what working. So I looked, I felt bad. Cause I was like, you a sample. You want a sample? I kept looking at them and they stood up for five hours. I was like, Oh my God, I'm about to die out here. It was a hundred degrees. <laughs> you know, and, but they, they, and they, they came in here and they were, I mean, they were working, man. And so now I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, this is like getting in shape, getting in vending shape, you know? Yep. And it's like, it, it is, it, it's, um, it does feel 
it does feel like, like you said, you're, you feel like you're moving. You feel like you're, um, ownership, you know, it's like, I was thinking about that as I was coming, coming down here. Um, you know, like I made tonight, I probably made, you know, a couple hundred dollars, but the brand got out there. People tasted, they got excited about it. Yep. And, and, and so, you know, when you're sitting back, uh, when you're uh, on a boat somewhere and you remember, we'll be talking about, hi, remember the time, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I didn't think I'd be 55 doing it. So I thought it'd be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man. This is just a challenge to see if you still got it. Well, and I had another epiphany too. Like guys, you know, when you're out there hustling, then you start to think like, there's no reason why being a DJ for 30 years I did not have a sound come, duh, like weddings and a DJ service or whatever. That is the most, that just tells you how cushy um, the check was because that's a no brainer. I could have been living off that. And I, so, so, and I have a friend who does, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, subcontract with him because I still have the name who wouldn't want me to host their wedding. But that's the thing you, you get, if you're not in an entrepreneurial mindset, you can't even see the stuff that's right in front of you. I mean, Mark Clark Media. What would Mark Mark Clark Media has to have a arm that does uh, events and weddings and parties? What's what's taking me so long? That's more natural than selling lemonade and tea, my friends. You know what I'm saying? But I had this thought in the bathroom. I was just like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You know?" But but again, you start to um, start to think when you when your ass is tired. Real quick, CBU Eris, for we for you guys pick up. Uh, the comments are saying, you know, keep it real. We love live. Uh, Allison is funny. She killed it uh, on the J Lo and Puffy. Quatavo um, says, like, like and subscribe. Yeah, for everybody's watching. If it's your first time watching, chiming in. Like and subscribe to our channel. Then Mark uh, and Allison have their um, YouTube channel as well. Like and subscribe there. Like and, and subscribe on all of them. There you go. There you go. We need, we need uh, you guys. We need you guys to get our numbers. Let's go. Uh, CBE Rich. Uh, I was going to say, Mark, real quick, just like plug where everyone can find all your stuff. Yeah. We're like an hour into the show. People should, at this point, they should know where uh, where they can find you, you and Allison doing all that stuff. Okay. So, yeah, the, the our uh, podcast on, on YouTube is Allison and Mark. Uh, Married in Media Weekly Review, but it's Allison and Mark. You can just type in Allison and Mark on YouTube and subscribe. And every Friday, we're we, you know we're either going to be live or drop a new uh, episode every Friday at six o'clock. Um, also, we're on. Uh, we do afternoon show Allison and Mark in the afternoon on One Hundred Hip Hop and R and B FM. Um, we're on all the pretty much streaming platforms. You know, from iHeartRadio to now Odyssey. We're out there. Just type in Allison and Mark in the afternoon. We're on three to seven. Um, Allison, of course, is on uh, Channel Nine in Washington D.C. starting at four thirty every morning, every weekday morning. Um, <laughs> the um, you can catch me on uh, YouTube, and you can catch me on the treadmill seven fifteen every morning on Facebook. Allison and Mark in the afternoon, or the Mark Clark Mark Clark page, or on uh, reinventing Mark Clark on YouTube. Or uh, we can also uh, go to my website, reinventingmarkclark.com. Um, so, it, it, and like uh, like you said, uh, guys, I, I'm 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 doing a whole bunch, which also is not the best because it's like I got I got a lot going on. It's almost like you know um, you really need to st- streamline. <laughs> Coming soon, Mark Clark uh, DJ service. <laughs> 
Also, uh, yeah, um, on uh, Instagram is uh, the Mark Clark Show and also Delicious Beverage DMV. Uh, and if you just do Delicious Beverage, we're all connected. LBC is the original and then Delicious Beverage. But, uh, you know, that's also uh, deliciousbeverage.com. Uh, that's a lot of information. But, uh, you know, out there, just I can say just out here trying to hit. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting that the thing about the entrepreneurial spirit, I just have so much respect to all my tip, my hats to all the entrepreneurs out there, which you really the thing that really trips me out. We were talking about you, Rich, you asked earlier when when somebody builds a business and then the kids don't give a damn. <laughs> oh my god like do you know how much it you know when you when you have built a business where you have actually a base and follow company i mean customers and a heritage a rich heritage and the kid just be like yeah it's like man that that's what that's what people from other countries don't do and that's how you build empires is that if i got a barbecue restaurant guess what kids you got a barbecue <laughs> restaurant <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's and I look back on some of my friends, you know, my friends whose parents did that. And our family, our family was a family of printers. My family, my father, my uh, uncle had print presses. Very few African-Americans owned presses. And I didn't realize this until, you know, the book, the black book boom in the 90s. You saw these black publishers, but most of them had their books printed by Jewish printers because most black most families didn't have print presses. So I finally got it. I called my uncle. I'm like, look. He's like, oh, I sold it. <laughs> but he sold it. But he was in the 70s, and he sold it because he came from a generation where everybody owed you money. You know, the, the uh, funeral homes and, the uh, you know, the organizations owed you money. And he didn't realize. I was like, I was telling him that now, no, you could you can have a book package and people play you a, fat, a flat fee up front. And you got the press. You could print a million books, dude. He was like, "Oh, oh well." <laughs> Damn. His dad, his grand, his dad was a printer. He was a printer, and and I'm working in media. But you did. I guess we should have had conversations instead of celebrating Christmas. We should have been talking about business. <laughs> um, you mentioned books. I want to bring. Oh, well, well played. There you go. You mentioned books. There you go. Yes, my three uh, dogs. My papa is Big Daddy and the Trampoline. Big Daddy and the Trampoline, you know, dad, you know, needs to get in shape. Uh, they got a new trampoline, but the, where's the weight limit? What's dad going to do so the kids help him get in shape? <laughs> My papa is actually about Allison and her her father's relationship. Just like when I when I came to the marriage, her and her dad had a lot of cute games. And, you know, the parents play, you know, the push my cheeks and the different things. And they just had some, a special relationship. And then my three dogs, you know, man, we got dogs, man. Hey, old Brownie, old Brownie, he's checked out. We still got the other two, but it was cool because he was, he was, um, you know, they're all special. But again, um, I have three books. I don't market them properly. My friend David Miller, shout out to David. David was like, man, why don't you ever? He said, have you ever, ever noticed that men do not promote their books well? Women always promote their books. Like, Damn, you're right. He said, women, I mean, men suck at promoting their books. And he's absolutely right. Because I, all that stuff I mentioned, I ain't even missing the books. <laughs> they're sitting they're sitting right here, by the way. <laughs> I have 8,000 books right here. You, actually, you, can get the, you can actually get the books on Amazon, actually. Get the books on Amazon and where you get books. 
Nice, nice. Or in my uh, basement right here, there's 8,000 books right here. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Amazon warehouse. I am, right. <laughs> nah, just just one last thing, because I know we, we're trying to move on, because we could, like, it, it, like I said, I like this. It's a conversation, Mark. You know, this is what I think the people want from you and Allison, is just the, the conversation, right? Uh, because you're personable, right? And that's and, and, and this is the real thing that, that people like to see, that, you know, that that person that's always on TV or they always notice, they have the same real life when they go home, right? Like, you know, you have your own nuances of, of you know, your day-to-day <laughs> stuff. But um, my question for you, based upon that, like in, in on the line of, like you said, the kids kind of mess it up, if you will. Um, ha- have you had someone that wanted to learn from you based upon, you know, like a younger person or a generation where how radio is still kind of relevant but it's also kind of moving to the podcast type of era have you have you got anybody who's asked you you know the best way to transition from that radio to a podcast yeah yeah i I get a lot of people um you know i i I do this uh you know this conversation like you say how to be a, a great broadcaster on any platform um, and I think, um, you know, I do have uh, people that have asked that question and I always tell them, I mean, you know, it's kind of like finding your voice. I think the beauty of, of podcasting, like you, like you guys, you guys are, are saying, and you mentioned earlier, um, finding your voice, like who, who, who am I, you know, like, and, and not a fake, not a fake. So, well, here's the thing. If you want to, if some people, some people are more comfortable having a stick than being real, right? Like, you know, Howard Stern, you know, has a stick. I mean, um, you know, some people, but I think the podcast success for most is with people who are themselves because they'll say a podcast can be niche. You know, it can be uh, like you guys, I know tennis shoes, uh, things that you love and are passionate about. Uh, and, and that's where people find their common ground. So podcast is really about being your authentic self and all that nerdy stuff that some people aren't into. That's why podcasts thrive. That's why you see very, not very few, but most well-polished broadcasters don't have great podcasts because we know how to say it, but what are we talking about? Sometimes we ain't talking about nothing. <laughs> and so, you know, we can sound good, but Ain't nobody trying to hear what you're saying, but versus some people can't talk, but they're the most compelling people because they are passionate about it. You know, they're, they, 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 you know, like you said, tennis, you guys, I mean, sneaker people, sports, um, you know, people who know, uh, you know, art, like, like, it's like, what do you have? Like for me, it would be, I love, I do love communication. So I love styles of communication. I can talk for hours about a whole bunch of stuff. I genuinely, the blessing I think that I brought or bring, somebody said something about me, I had to laugh. They said, who is Mark Clark? He said, Mark Clark is not the funniest, but he's funny. He's not the smartest, but he's smart. <laughs> I said, okay, that probably is me. You know, I, I think that is, that's me. I, 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 you know, I think I am funny, but I'm not the funniest. And I, I think I, you know, I can think, but I'm not the smartest, but, and I think I'm also, and I, and I'll, I'll say that. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to convince you either way. I also genuinely do like if you tell me, oh, well, Mark, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a booty picker. I'll be like, wow, well, tell me about that. I genuinely want to know about your booty picking lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 
you know, and I'm, you know, like whatever, whatever it is, I genuinely am curious. Like, wow, really? So, when do you start picking booties? And what, you know, what happened? Do you smell your fingers? I mean, how deep do you go? Um, you know, is this gross? Do you have a girlfriend? You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it, and so I think <laughs> the real exclusives. Yeah, the podcast <laughs> podcasting allows people just to be themselves, and people find a niche. Right. And you can see that a lot of these successful now some of them are really like well produced like I know you know like um you know some 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 are very well produced like uh, Malcolm Gladwell his way of thinking is is amazing to me. And so he has this great podcast but then Chappelle's Chappelle is I just love the way he communicates. Oh, he's and the way he tells a story, you know, and the way, you know, his podcast is really unique. And I remember when he was saying that and I heard I said, "Oh, okay, he he, uh, you know, he infused production values and great conversation. And back to what we were talking about, like you guys, you know, again, 55-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 45-year-olds, we all have a different rhythm, like, you know, tennis shoes for your generation um, and, and, and uh, video games. You know, it's like there's certain things in your generation that are really things that are comic books seem like they're, they're they're across the board but you know people have passion about it and you can really you know you can go on forever about it, you know yeah. but i'm sorry yes e rich there are people that do ask me about that <laughs> damn that's a long answer no look look we want to as as we transition to to the next portion of the show we want to thank mark clark for joining us tonight for our black business series thank you very much mark thank you so we're not done with you yet, just yet, Mark. Now okay, it's time man. to have now it's time to have some fun. Okay, uh, and then then we'll let you get out of here. Um, so uh, we give everybody this homework when they come to the show, since we are music fans, movie fans, and we know the answer is going to be different almost every time. So this is what we call the top three, and this is where we ask you to mm. give us your top three movies of all time, followed by your top three albums of all time. So let's start Woo. with your movies. Okay. See, I didn't even prep. I didn't prep. <laughs> so Malcolm X, directed by Spike Lee. Awesome. Sling Blade. Oh. And it used to be, it used to be, um, Usual was it usual 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 suspects. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think. Another one made its way to the top. I mean, I you know, I I, I don't have Spike have two, but do the right thing might be up there too. So okay, those are the those are the movies. That was hard. <laughs> it's meant to be hard. Um Albums, albums probably. It used to be, they used to be. Uh, Prince's was Prince's sign of the times. Was that a double album? Yes, and you know what? Al said that as well. Did he? Yeah. Um, Stevie Wonder, songs in the key of. Oh, used to be, and it used to be D'Angelo. Um, voodoo, First, right? Voodoo. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but also, um, I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan, and I'm a big Kanye fan. So, okay. 
Nothing wrong. Nothing yeah. Wrong with those guys. Yeah. Those, that, that's that's. Oh, yeah. I think that's it. Awesome. 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 Okay. Um. Let's see. What we got? No one's oh. ever said Sling Blade on here before, right? <laughs> that's the first time. Movie. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. Uh, it's always good when we get you know. What's the, the what, what do people always heard. say? What do people always say? We've gotten different. We got coming to America a few times. Okay. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Shawshank. Um. Oh, hey, for me, it's probably going to be a. I'm a drama guy. I love comedies, though. Coming to America, mm-hmm. of course. But I do love. I love drama. So that's what that was my drama phase. You know, Denzel as Malcolm X. I'm. I'm actually. Uh, you know, reading the autobiography of Malcolm X now. Ah, yeah, that's a that's a life changer. It's like, uh, Malcolm X, autobiography of Malcolm X, autobiography of Malcolm X, ISIS papers, um. Behold a <laughs> pale horse. It's like there's like these books you almost have to all they all kind of lump together uh-huh. when you when you when you switch. But go ahead, young man. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we. That last slide didn't give you a, a hint about what's to come. That's pretty much what they think about you, Rich, in his segment. So uh, this is the is it just E portion. So all your preconceived thoughts about E, you may have thought he was a cool guy. You, have, you may have gotten along. This is where it all changes. Just to Uh-oh. give you a heads up. This is okay. the segment. See, look. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Uh... Anytime you want you want to get some uh some oh, uh, pissed no. off anytime you want to get some pissed off viewers, Mark, just let me know when uh you want me on the show and I can definitely get them <laughs> off. Bring the, a, you can bring the heat. Uh, yeah, I can bring the heat. Uh and, and I'll say it again because I like to give everybody the preference of of why they're so upset with me, right? Is I'm the guy that will say the stuff that most people don't want to they, they don't want to admit to, right? Like <laughs> I, I I told them that lemon pepper wings are trash (laughs) (laughs) it's never consistent you always got you either get a little too much lemon not enough lemon the pepper like it's it's just a trash wing like you know it's just something that recently came up you know just so they don't like me for that and amongst of other things that i that i usually bring to the table um this week um let's go i'm ready for this one (laughs) let's go let's go this week this week was actually smart because okay, you know, um, I try I try to do different things. It's not just food; it's it's other things. But you know, um, it's always it's always been a great debate, and the debate is based upon <laughs> the debate is who has the best fries out there, right? So we have you have five guys, you have Wingstop. You have Burger King, you have Wendy's, and then of course you have the all in more important crack McDonald's fries. Mm. Now, this is I I know it's it usually it's just me picking one, right? But this is the telltale because I know that there are people. See, there's people in the comment section that will definitely say something that I feel like is super out of pocket. Like five guys <laughs> fries, 
are retardedly nasty. <laughs> There's nothing about it. I, I love the fact that the grease in the bag damn near tears before you get to it. Like, and the fact that, you know, you fumble the damn bag with the, with, I understand that the McDonald's fries, they sprinkle crack on it. That's the reason why we still love them. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, the most trash ass fries on here right now is Burger King. Guys. I knew you were gonna say that. I was, I, I was already in agreement with that. If, if that's the angle you were going, yes, the, the Burger King <laughs> has the worst fries possible. Now Wendy's was in a close second until they hit them with the, with the, uh, what was it, the, the, uh, the like uh, the whole cut. Yeah, the whole cut. You know, and then they, then they, then they got the sea salt. You know, they, they was a little bougie with it, right? But, <laughs> You're right. But ultimately, Burger King has the worst damn fries possible. Like they, it, they don't even pump their fries. Like you didn't put Chick Fil A on there. Uh, what? Get, st- stop. Listen. First of all, stop it with Chick Fil A because <laughs> you can't eat a damn Chick Fil A waffle fry without sauce, without fucking almost, which you, which you almost not choking. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Mark, you had Chick Fil A. You know that you can't eat a waffle fry without either dipping it in some salt or having your drink next to you so you can get through that moment. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, real quick, because I've been... Mm. Uh, the Chick-fil-A used to be amazing, but then they stopped cooking them in peanut oil. That changed for me. And now the canola, whatever it is they do, it, 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 it's not the same. You get Sometimes you get the skin on the fry. I still like Chick-fil-A, but if we're going for... Worse, I agree. Burger King is probably worse um the best though see if we're going for bang for buck and the, I'm, I'm gonna go with five guys for sure you pay for what? you get a small and you get like three cupfuls of fries in a bag what so you're going, amazing so you're you're going for like, you're going you're going for quantity over the quality of the fries look out of all these i love first of all i love boardwalk fries but um hmm. five guys hmm. gonna get you Close. Listen, listen. Get you close. McDonald's is really good because it's accessible. They're it, amazing, it, but accessible. Five guys. The reason why McDonald's <laughs> takes this is because McDonald's has the best bottom of the bag fries out of all of these. Period. The bottom of the know. bag fries. The bottom <laughs> of the bag fries, hands down. When you grab that, when you think that there's nothing left in that damn bag, but there's about that that quick handful where you get three in a row. And they match up just perfect, and you eat them hands down. <laughs> that's when you know you got a great fry. Well, see, as a as a fat man, um, <laughs> fat fat man expert. <laughs> now, see, you youngins don't remember McDonald's fries are good, but there was a time when they used lard, lard. and that was when they were the absolute best. But I think, as a fat man, I, I gotta say. I gotta say, man, the, the quantity that you do get in Five Guys, <laughs> you get so many fries, you be tired of eating fries. You, you, you don't don't mess around and have some peanuts. If you eat four peanuts, you cannot finish all the fries. And then you say bottom of the bag. I don't know because there's always more at the bottom of the bag. You get the cart out, and it's a whole bag. You be like, wow, now. And McDonald's fries, let me tell you something. Once some suckers turn cold, though, you're out the game. There you, you go. You can, eat a warm, you can eat a warm five guys fry and be all right. But the McDonald's, if it ain't hot no more, eh, it fades I quick. 
I give you that, but also if you try to stick your hand in the bottom of that five guys bag when when it's uh, when you take that cup out, you good luck because you're coming back with grease stains and you also just punching the bag. So now there ain't no bottom of the bag fries. Now you got to rip it halfway and then pour the fries on the bag so that you can eat them all. That is true. That is those are facts. Now you know yeah, what? Wingstop <laughs> is not in the conversation. And be honest, I don't even like the way Wingstop does does their stuff. It's kind of Almost a sacrilegious the way they have a <laughs> they treat them little wings or something. You know what I mean? They got little they got little don't they got a little sauce and they shake it? Eh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> the best part about the lemon pepper is to hear Rick Ross say lemon pepper wings. That's like a that, that's he plants it. it in your head. You'd be like, oh man, that does sound good, but I, when you get one, it's like eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Rick Ross is little, his wings sound delicious. <laughs> He's probably got the consistent recipe. It's not fair. Exactly. That's, the, that's the thing. He ain't got the half sauce on the half wing thing. He got the he rap about it, so it's got to be true. Right. CB, where you at with this? Yeah. So, CB. um, to continue to pile drive on Burger King, they are the only one of these uh, fast food joints up here that I can think of in my lifetime. They've actually changed the fry recipe like five times. Like. <laughs> McDonald's outside of no longer using the lard, it's the same. It's been the same my entire life, you know? And, you know, so I think that that's kind of hilarious for Burger King because I felt like there was a period of time where one of the recipes that they had was actually kind of good. That was like 15 years ago and like three recipes ago. So who knows what they're doing in the uh, Burger King test uh, kitchen. Um, They're not consulting us. I know that. Um, For me... Oh, yeah, and Roy is right. I do eat damn near everything. Taco Bell, the nacho fries. You didn't put them on the list. Thank you, A-Right. And also, A-Right, Arby's, the uh, the curly fries, those also do deserve to be mentioned. Um, though Both of those, I think, are fire. Uh, Maybe but that's a challenge. I think we're right. I think we're right, though. F- like, hot, fresh fries out of the, the choices we have, though, Come it's Mickey D's TV. for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Mickey okay. D's. Okay. Well, the, the thing about Five Guys is I'll treat Five Guys fries similar to how I treat Boardwalk fries, which is give me the malt vinegar and I'm loading up. Like That's true. That's true. You know, so it's not just the fry itself. Like for me, it's all that other stuff. And that's it's also an getting something in the back. You're right. You're right. And you're right. If it's experience. So if we're just standing on standing on fries alone, <sighs> E, you might be right. Because you're right. On fry alone. Fry alone. Just fry. <laughs> Person, let me let me credit Burger King, who Burger King has invented more stuff and taken it away than <laughs> any place. And it has to be a fat person because they have hit. They had hits that went away early. Yep. yep. They were. You remember they had that coffee first. They had the flavored coffee first. Remember that? It was good. It was sweet on the ice. Then they took it away. And then and then they had the fish. They had the they had the best fish. Yep. They took yep. it away. They, they had the, the best burgers. chicken. The chicken first. It was good. They took it away. It's weird. weird. These things are going to make us too much money, Johnson. We got to get out of here. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and why? Did, and, and and I'm still trying to figure out what happened with the wings at McDonald's. What happened? They, they, oh my god! Too pricey. Was it too pricey? <laughs> Is the mobile wing too much to ask? Is it? Is that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And not one of them fake wings, like a real wing, like a not a fakey wing. Right. 
<laughs> uh, KFC had the honey, those, oh, uh, whatever. Uh, so, you know what goes good? So, we got to pay some bills here, Mark. You know what goes good with wings, guys? <laughs> what? DC pizza. 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 Oh, so, great. Black owned pizza company, Chicago Star Pizza in DC. DC Shop Pie, the official pizza of the We Are Something Else podcast. So, they got some big things happening in a month. They get their, their very first storefront. But if you want to order this weekend, guys, save 10%. Use our code WRC10. Okay. Um, so for those who are just joining us and haven't seen the pizzas before, so you've got a steak and cheese on the far right, wow. you've got salmon pesto in the middle, and you've got sausage and pepperoni on the right. Uh, check them out. DC Shop official pizza. We are something else podcast. Wow. <laughs> Is it like a Chicago style? What? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. Chicago, yeah. Amazing. Uh, did they order now? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> that 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 even a, a slice will will go kill no, me. But it'll shut you down. No, it'll shut you down. be good looking at the <laughs> shot pie with how big those. I, know, I, I couldn't even. You know, I, I couldn't even. Like my mind was like, how can I get a no? no it'd be like a bite. Uh, no. just one bite. Shout out to Grant and the guys at DC Shot Pie. Uh, yep. Oh, you know what goes good with pizza as well. Some of these comments, clean eating right now. Y'all are making me hungry. Look, we have <laughs> mighty wings are fire. Like I look, we apologize. Right. Come on. Uh, yeah. DC Shop Mark Alice. There you go. Uh all right. So Mark, this is the point where we do shoes. Um, a lot of people, you know. Who just joined us may not know that we're sneakerheads, but this is what we do. It's got its own intro. This is what we do. And there's probably a comment talking about play it again. Uh, that's what I normally do for people who don't understand how big of sneakerheads we are. But I'm not going to do that tonight because we have. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just... All right, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So, uh, CB, uh, we got the copper drop. What we got? Yo, so we are switching it up this week. We're shouting out the ladies. Normally, if we have a ladies shoe on the copper drop segment, it's like just a Jordan one that's just lady sizing. It's no different, you know. Um, This shoe, a woman's shoe, it's brand new coming out next month on the 7th. The Nike Air Max Furiosa. Um, It's just got like a crazy look to it. Like um, looks like multiple airbags, like a dual lacing system. Um, so it is a lady's shoe. So it's not one of those things where it's expected necessarily that these would be like a cop <laughs> or, or a drop or anything like that. But this is mostly, I was interested to see Piper <laughs> and any of the ladies in the comments, what they were thinking regarding like a new Air Max from, from Nike. Like, uh, E, I was wondering, they got the silver and black theme on there, but you don't seem intrigued. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah, man. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, I. Yeah. No. This is definitely a, a drop. I. That, like. Don't. Don't. Don't mess up what's already working. Like this. They come in men's sizes too. I did read that. You yeah, did. It, yeah. it, it's, it's still not the one though. You know what I mean? And 
it's CB knows how I feel about the Air Max One, so for them to even go that route with it is just like they're they're trying because at this point the colorways of a women's shoe to a men's shoe is really all that separates when when the drop happens, right? It's yep. that's what it is. I, I don't feel like this was the way that they could have they should have did this one. What do you think, Kaleo? I need to see him in person. Uh, off the original break now, I'll drop. But I would like to see him in person just because it looks like he's got a lot of layers to it. Now, Mark, you're out hustling all day. You got a little extra change. Get the missus some some shoes. Somebody said they look like Heelys. That was like, damn. Somebody said that in the comments. And they do look like Heelys. Like double stacked cushioning on the back. It looks wild. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you drop him. <laughs> just want oh, yeah, to drop, s- drop. Definitely drop a drop. No, hey. no. CB. Did you, um. Did you- no, I mean there isn't a colorway out of these that I'm really interested in, and also Nike's been doing like these like double stack zoom and like zoom on top of zoom x foam, and yep. and you know it's you can't keep up with it. Um. That's not moving. The needle for me, you guys also know, I've made a lot of sneaker purchases in the last couple of weeks. So it's like right now for 160 bucks, there's probably other stuff out there that I'm going to spend my money on. Gotcha. Facts. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's go. For the, so I'll go up first. Uh, so Mark, if you got anything you want to spotlight, bring it to the table. It doesn't have to be shoes. It can be your books. If you want to show your book, whatever. <laughs> okay. uh, so whatever you got. Um, so we can go with a classic tonight. Ah, and you know we you know how we feel about Pumas. Pumas stepped their game up a lot um, to compete way way past the Vince Carter days. Um, okay, but there we go, right there. What are the materials on there? Uh, I see a little bit of suede right here, yeah. leather. Um, I think this is like a recycled. Feels like a recycled material mm-hmm. right here along the side. Uh, and in the back is crack leather. Okay, you can see that a little bit. Okay, oh, nice. So how's the fit? How's the feel of it? Uh smooth. Feels like a running shoe. Good, uh, good support in the arch. Mm-hmm. Um, and on whatever cushion they use, it's pretty dope. So, but yeah, just a. I'll say Puma has some of the cushiest like insoles. Like just their insoles for their shoes are are super cozy. Um, first of all, shout out to my bro Mike who had uh, made the comment that uh, there's two things that you'll never run away from. I don't know how East Bay found. I got one other day. I don't know how. Like I haven't received one of these in, in years, and all of a sudden they got my new updated address, as well as you know Fannie Mae's gonna find you as well when you got all that money. But uh, other than that, uh, this this is a little kind of sad. Kind of, I'm gonna get this one out the way, right? <laughs> Uh, the reason why is this, this was a stock X cop, but at the same time, I feel like I jinxed my team by buying a shoe that I normally wouldn't have bought. Cause everybody knows that I don't I own know. a pair of LeBrons. Oh. <laughs> not a, not, I'm a Kobe fan, right? Like I'm born and bred Kobe fan, but the colorway was dope and I had to get them and they were actually got them for lower than the resale price on stock X. There we go. Uh, okay. But I will say. The colorway is dope because Cleo knows this was our old football colors for ESPN. Yep. Uh, I would, like I said, this with the, the the way that the cushion is and it goes beyond the arch um, on your heel, it's a super comfortable shoe, like hands down. Like this is, 
the 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 comfort of this shoe is like it's really like no other though. I'm not even gonna yes, lie. Yes, I've that. seen those dope yeah. Pumas. Yeah, the uh, the Puma, the Rugrat Pumas is definitely dope. <laughs> uh, CB. All right, you guys know because I've been E Kaleo. Yeah, I send you guys. You guys know ahead of time yeah, a lot of times what I've got. Um, what you got coming. You got something. These ones. They came uh, in. I've been talking about this shoe yep. basically all year so far. The answer, answer for the step over joints. Yep. Yep. Got Iverson's face on there. Yep. yep. Wow. You know, the this is the colorway that he stepped over Tyron Lou <laughs> after he made that shot in the corner. That's why it's that's why it's an iconic colorway. And it was it was such an easy cop. Like I love those. Yep. A shoe that I really him. want, and I didn't have to fight for them. You know, like that was. You got them right after the show, right? It was like a midnight drop. Yeah, they did. It was like ten minutes after we like logged they off. They did a. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what shop it was, but they were like, "Yeah, we're dropping them at Big midnight." When everyone else was, yeah, yeah, PSG. Ever because everyone else was doing like the morning drop, like regular. <laughs> Dick Sporting Goods was like, <laughs> "Thanks, Roy." Dick Sporting Goods was like, "Yo, no, we're at midnight," and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm up." Yep. Got him. Oh. Purchase, let's go. So yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have these. Dope. Dope. Mark, you got anything for us? If not, it's cool. Well, the 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 shoe game is what has carried us to this point. So I'm gonna use I'm gonna feature something that has carried me to my my point go. in life. There you go. A microphone. This is a <laughs> hey. <laughs> this is an AKG uh microphone. This is I use for my voiceover. And nice. so if anybody is uh Looking to buy a BKG caller brother. Everything is for sale. <laughs> Up in this piece, okay? Not this mic, but this mic. This is a, this is the mic. Well, this yeah, this is the this has got my foot in the door at the uh, voiceover game. Yes, there we go. Oh wow! I, you know, I guys, I had some, and I mm, I messed up, y'all. I messed up. So I got some, my my daughter's boyfriend had on some, um, what are the skate shoes? Dunks. Like dunks? Now, well, you know, with the, with the, the, what are the, the skaters, oh, the skateboarders. Yo, the SB, the, the skateboard uh, dunks. Uh, you know, what's the, what's the brand? Oh, Nike. It's a Nike. It's a Nike product. Not Nike. No, not Nike. The other brand. Vans. 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 Right. Oh, okay. Vans. He had on some. Vans. He had on some red Vans with the white. Right. So my ass being fifty five, I was like, "Oh man, you got on some ponies." Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was officially the old man. I was old man dad in that moment. <laughs> And so, and so, um, Allison got me some, got me some ponies, some white on white ponies, right? That's awesome. For Christmas. So, out vending, I ruined them. Oh. But why did I wear the, you know what I mean? Why did I wear, you know what I mean? That was a, that was a mind, that was a stupid thing. Because she came home and saw him, she's like, Oh wow! Because you know, you know the thought. Like, oh wow, you basically trashed my shoes. <laughs> I went and found some damn ponies, old man, and you just went and just fast, stood in the grass and trashed my. So sadly, I, I, I was going to get the ponies, but they're a mess. But 
Yeah, man, I was that was I officially did feel that moment I was somebody's dad. <laughs> hey, you got some pony? Pony. And they were like, What? What? What are those? What are those? Ponies. <laughs> then I was like, Well, damn, these vans look just like ponies, man. What the hell? Just, look, nothing's original, right? Everybody recycles something. Damn. Right. Oh man, look, it's been an amazing show. And <laughs> look, we want to thank you. An hour and 40 minutes out of your night tonight. Yeah, with us. Show, man. We appreciate you so much. Uh from day one when we were introduced, just great all around great guy. I'm glad we had a conversation. I'm glad you were willing to just come on and, and make this happen. So again, thank you for your time. It means so much to us, and we appreciate you. A lot for Thanks, doing guys. This. You got a great show. Keep up the great work. Thank Don't forget you. about me when you eclipse uh, a million followers. Bring me back, please. <laughs> and, and what's the name of that? Is the, is the pizza shop open tonight? <laughs> I'm just asking for somebody. Asking for a friend. Yeah. Pizza I, shop pie. There you go. See there. See what happens, guys. Hear me. I'm asking for somebody. I knew it was a, <laughs> a phrase. I was close, but I'm somebody's dad. Just <laughs> somebody. <laughs> Damn it. One more time. Let me see the chai. Chai. What is it again? BC chai pie. Uh, yeah. So this is the yeah, the graphic again. I just, let me just yeah. I'm in the food porn now. A lot of times I just <laughs> food and then just talk about it. yes, man. Parmesan, you got yeah. I, I just get on the phone and talk to. Is that a is that with his voiceovers? He'd be great for that. <laughs> Y'all use real peppers on that. Is that real? Uh, is that milk? Okay, yeah. Chai pie. All right. DC chai pie. Grant Thompson. Yeah. Um, he's the man. He's he's a man. Uh, there you go. Ten percent off. Uh, and then also, yeah, we we haven't promoted this in a while. Me and CB are single, all on the way to Aspen. If you haven't listened to it yet. Everybody check it out. Me and CB, you know, okay, we got, we got bars. We got bars. We got bars. bars. We're going we to perform at Malia's Kitchen. We're going we're gonna to open up for the food truck. Hey, man. <laughs> Put your space. There you go. Uh, Thanks, so everybody who's in the comments, like and subscribe if you haven't done that already. Um, again, we thank you, Mark. Um, that's it, y'all. Stay in the room real quick, Mark, while we shut down. Oh, uh, that's it, y'all. We are something else. See y'all later. Yo.